Coach, hey, thanks for joining me today on this simple coach-to-coach interview. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, I will say you, you've sort of saved my sanity, whether you realize it or not. Um, in the throes of my sickness, I've, I've dove, d- dived deep into the dark recesses of Twitter and have gotten all hooked into the debate over MLS and the U.S. Open Cup. And um, I have not spent a waking hour away from those topics um, for the last six days. So you are breaking that. And so I owe you big time. And I want to, again, just thank you for being here. Yeah, happy to be here. Excited to help out. Um, And it's free, right? So that's the beauty of it. Usually I have to find somebody. I have to pay them like 200 bucks an hour just to hear me vent. So this is this is awesome um hey uh, just to, just to start out um you're a rookie here so i usually start out with the rookies and i just ask how tell me what your soccer journey has been like how did you end up at wartburg yeah so i, I grew up in stevens point wisconsin um so kind of backwaters for soccer in wisconsin yeah. um but certainly not for division three athletics yeah. um Wisconsin Stevens Point Athletics have been pretty strong for a lot of years. Um, they're now adding soccer, which is cool for that. Yeah, area. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, grew up in Stevens Point. Um, became passionate about the game. Had people around me that were similarly passionate. Um, ended up going to camps at UW Oshkosh when they were kind of the program in Wisconsin mm-hmm. for Division Three soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then connected through different routes and what was right for me academically. Um, ended up at McAllister, but I was just telling somebody the other day, Toby Bars, who's a longtime coach at Oshkosh, was actually kind of the recommendation that got me in the door at McAllister. Um, so played there the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, had a chance when I finished playing uh, to spend a couple of years with the Minnesota Thunder. Um, and then that kind of transitioned into coaching. Um, so was one of the uh, coaches kind of on the ground floor helping start things at Shattuck St. Mary's um, mm. with their soccer center of excellence. Yeah. Uh, that was my first full-time coaching position. Um, then through different shifts, ended up actually out in the DC area for a bit, uh, was uh, out with George Washington as well as with McLean U Soccer uh, yeah. doing some stuff, you know, at that level and at the, at the time with the Development Academy. Mm. Um, but then wanted to be back in the Midwest, had an opportunity to Come back and be, you know, an assistant uh, for Greg up at McAllister and work with some of the club teams in the Twin Cities. And then um, kind of when the Warburg position opened up, knew I wanted to be, you know, in the upper Midwest at a place where we could be nationally competitive, you know, with a strong academic background. And mm-hmm. Warburg checked a lot of those boxes. So yeah. here I am. You know, it's interesting that you talk about Wisconsin because I've become a big fan of Wisconsin soccer. <laughs> okay, I, I'm in, I'm very impressed with the quality that comes. Some of the stuff I don't like, right? But I I attribute it more to like the Wisconsin culture of, you know, uh, this is weird. This goes down one of my rabbit hole theories. Is right? You deal with cold, inclement weather, all that kind of stuff. It, it hardens you, um, and so and you got to keep movement is key. And so you see a lot of like energetic high-paced tempo teams out of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. But they're one of the states where I'm like, man, there's a lot of great soccer going on. I've been saying I think what impressed me the most is the Midwest-ish 
area and far out west the quality of soccer and it just dawned on me dawned on me this year like how good it is um i don't know if that's something you see or am i totally spaced out on cold medicine i i I think i think the quality of play and the quality of soccer here in the midwest and out west has been pretty strong i just think having the viewpoint for you know the rest of division three to see that um, I think St. Olaf obviously provided yeah. a pretty good window into that this year. Yeah. Um, as you alluded to, there's some really strong teams in Wisconsin, whether it be UW Platteville, UW Eau Claire, yeah. um, had good years. Certainly MSOE had a great year, yeah. just didn't quite get in. And um, they're always consistently good too. For sure. Coach no, so, I, mean, I, I think there's I think there's been good soccer out here. I think yeah. you're right. We are in some ways a product of our environment too. Um, <laughs> you know, the weather's not, not always friendly. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, the, even for our, our athletes, the athletes we recruit predominantly, they're mm-hmm. not able to play year round outside. Yeah. And so the adjustment to those pieces. So I think you kind of build the strengths you can yeah, yeah. journey. Um, and there, there is a lot of really good division three soccer, whether you're talking yeah. Minnesota, Iowa, yeah. and Illinois. Yeah, um, yeah. There's yeah. a pretty darn good pocket of yeah. you know, soccer out here. Totally agree, and I don't mean the weather thing in a bad way, right? It's mm-hmm. I, I'm a big, I'm a I'm a big believer. I think we've homogenized the game in the states too much, and I think we <laughs> expect this homogenization of the game, and you see it in club soccer, and mm-hmm. you know we want to develop a little bit of a robot so that it's easy to plug and mm-hmm. play anywhere. And I think the thing we're missing is tapping into the vast differences between how a player develops in. Mm-hmm. your neck of the woods versus how a player in New Jersey develops or how a player down in Florida or somebody down in Texas, Arizona, who has to deal with 130 degree heat. I think it creates, it impacts the development of a player in much different ways. And mm-hmm. to me, how do you tap into all those different ways to bring together a, a cohesive team? I think that's more of an interesting conversation. Oh, Not so sure. much that you are different, right, or that Wisconsin <laughs> is different. If that if that makes sense. No, it, it's just building the strengths that you have. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I've I've been involved with the ODP program for a lot of years, and mm-hmm. at the regional level, that's a big conversation. You know, how do the our teams from the Midwest compete with the team from the South, where the, yeah. the guys are able to be out on Bermuda grass yeah. for much of the year <laughs> versus yeah, yeah. you know, while our field looks great for good parts of the year, yeah, there are also yeah. some parts where grass field oh, isn't gosh. as playable. <laughs> so yeah, you have yeah. to be, you know, I think a phrase was uniquely technical. I have to rem- I'm writing that down. Uniquely technical. That is a, that's a great term. Yeah. But it is true, right? Like I can't say it was mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll attribute it to you. That's okay. Um, um, I, I am, I, I, right. And and this is again the home goes to the homogeneity thing about the game, right? I think turf has been a wonderful boon for the sport. I, I mean that sincerely. But I also think it's taken away some of that challenge of, right, Wartburg. University of Mount Union, try playing on grass at the end of October and going into November and see how that goes for you, right? And after playing a whole season from August until then on that same field. And, right, it's totally, like you said, just sets a whole set of different challenges. Um, Although, anyhow. That said, it's raised the bar for what we have to do facility-wise. You know, that's been... 
that we've been really lucky to be supported the way we have here at Orberg. Mm-hmm. You know, our ground staff has continually done a better and better job. You know, yeah. um, this year, you know, when we were hosting the, the first couple rounds of the tournament, the field was in better shape than it used to be in mid October. You yeah. know, so the the progress has been there. Where I think the soccer still comes out, but yeah, definitely di- di- different challenges for sure. I, I am I am totally going to post a picture or throw up a picture of Sal's Wadle Field. <laughs> which for anybody who has not it is remarkable like you can't go wrong playing there i'm sorry even in bad conditions you can't go wrong playing there mm-hmm. like that that to me is like the it's in it's if i had silly money <laughs> and i could take my silly money and donate it to somebody and say hey I, i'm going to give you silly money but this is the facility that i'm expecting you to build mm-hmm. yours would sort of be a, an example of that just in terms of the grass field size, right? It's not does again from my angle. It doesn't look narrow. It looks healthily wide, yep. right? It's flat. Um, yeah, and you got plenty of space around you. Um, but so I posted while we're talking. I'm throwing it up there because I think it is. <laughs> awesome. It is such a cool place to play. And like I said, anybody who's looking at Warburg, to, you can't go wrong with a, a facility like that. Um, all right, we totally, totally went off track on that. Um, I apologize because this is about you and 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 Wartburg. Let, I mean, we'll start with the now generic. Ex- tell me how, in your opinion, your season went. I I think we were really. Ha- I think we were really happy. Um, we came into the year with pretty high expectations. Um, I mean, the year before we had a lot of ties, um, but we also only had one regular season loss <laughs> the year mm-hmm. before, and we returned a good bit. Um, you know, this year, I think, you know, certainly we played a tough schedule. Um, you know, I think anytime you look at it, there's elements of fortune where things go your way. There's elements where they don't go your way. Um, but yeah, we, we were really happy. I mean, we, you know, I think a starting point, you always want to be tough to play against. You also want to be able to play skillful, kind of situationally mm-hmm. aware soccer. And I think we did a good job of that. Um, you know, and I think our program culture, which is something, you know, any of the successful programs you talk to, they're talking about culture. Um, we're that we did a good job of not just building that coming into the year, but building it throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, where, yeah, I mean, our one loss on the year up until we lost to Gustavus in the tournament, um, mm-hmm. we were, I think we reeled off six wins after that. And yeah. a lot of that was culture growth, and we were in a better place entering November than when we entered October. Um, so overall, really happy with it. I think it's something we felt has been coming. Um, you know, they talk a lot about, it was a Bill Walsh quote, you know, you don't have a championship culture once they give you the trophy. You have the culture, then you get the trophy. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think we felt we were at that place. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great to be able to break through and kind of break through that ceiling to be where we've kind of thought we were ready to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can, can you just talk a little bit about culture? I'm a big culture guy. Mm-hmm. Like that to me, again, pet theory, here we go again. Um, like I, to me, culture is the, of all the things we talk about and all the things they talk to coaches about, mm-hmm. that's the crux. I could usually pinpoint good, what I consider good programs based on the culture they've built within mm-hmm. that program. And, 
and I'm not even wins and losses. To me, wins and losses are the results of what yep. where your culture is leading you. Um, sure. Could you could you just talk a little bit about that? How important it is for you um, and your program? And I'll just say the buy-in, right? Because it's yes. not just about you, right? Like to mm -hmm. me, it's it's not just hey, this is we're going to impose this sort of yep. overall culture on the team. It's I'd say you want it to come from the players as well, for sure. You know, and, and it's always a work in progress. Um, I think that's one of the things we've talked about. You know, it was and I was on our pregame shirts the last couple of years. Progress never stops. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of depth to why that's on our shirts. Um, but I think ultimately it's you keep getting better no matter what point you're at. And for us, and I think the vision is maybe something I brought with me from whether it's my time at McAllister, being around the program at St. Thomas, which before going to Division One was one of the standard bearers out here in this part of the mm -hmm. country. Um, you know, it, it is thriving all you do by getting better every day. Um, and it pieced together a couple parts from it. And so for us, whether it's what they do personally, academically, athletically, those habits that lead to success, um, there are a lot of habits that overlap. And so they have chances in so much of their life to develop those habits where when we get to August, September, October, November, those habits can be even more refined because of what they do elsewhere. Um, I don't want to, I mean, do you remind them almost like, is it one of the things that you remind them every day about how their behaviors are shaping? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you try to, and I think, you know, it's in different ways, right? If you're saying the same thing every day, it, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I think it get the message gets lost, but I think you find different ways to address it, whether mm -hmm. that's in praising effort or success or growth, um, and other areas, you know, when a guy mm -hmm. from one semester to the next makes, you know, a 0.5 jump in his GPA, like that's a huge jump. <laughs> that's big yeah. progress. You know, if, yeah. if it happens in the weight room and somebody adds 10 reps to their max, <laughs> like, yeah. holy cow, that's, yeah. that's big growth. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think if you're doing it right, it's a daily thing that us as a staff, as well as our guys and our program leaders buy into and embody and help recognize um you know i think a, a phrase is kind of that gentle pressure of just you know not coach yeah. comes in and it's big pressure in this moment but <clears throat> reminding, rewards <laughs> yeah. celebrating success yeah. um those those are big parts of it for us yeah do you, how, how much do you how much ownership do you expect because uh, you, you mentioned your i'll just say your team leaders yeah uh, i think that's what you said like, how much do you rely on them to be th those standard bearers rather than you being the mouthpiece? Does that make oh, sense? It, it's huge. And it's been our, it, it's been the development over time, right? Mm -hmm. This last fall was my seventh fall here at Orford. I think we really saw a significant step forward around, you know, fall of 21, winter of 2022 mm -hmm. as everybody that was in the program were guys that had been recruited in like normal cycles in the time mm -hmm. that our staff had been here. And they were already beginning to be role models and leaders who were guys we'd identified and brought in. And I think they then have turned it around. And now the leaders that were younger guys when they were here, you know, are helping push culture to another point. Um, so yeah, whether it's how they embody it and how they 
exemplify it or how they help bring it mm -hmm. out in others um, or continue help to grow grow in our culture. Um, I think that's been a big conversation here the last month and this month. We, we had success, but we can't stop growing. We can't just say, oh, it's good the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's been you know, a big conversation point here last month and this month mm -hmm. with the guys. This is just a side question to that. It's like, now that you seem to have this, right? You have a cadence going and new guys, old guys, graduating guys. Yep. Do you, I mean, do your alumni still keep tabs and keep, I don't want, I've, I know in of instances, and especially like the top 20, some of the top 20 teams, like they have alumni, like, Hey, I'm still expecting this program to be, behave a certain way, right? Like to perform a certain way. And if I don't see it, I'm going to let you know. Do you yeah. still, do you have that? To, to degree. Yeah, yeah. To degree. I mean, I think our alumni are definitely engaged, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, helping with recruits, checking in, coming back for mm -hmm. alumni stuff. I think there is a standard that's been set. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's generally been pretty darn supportive um, from the guys mm. certainly that have graduated since I've been mm. here um, where they know it's still a work in progress. Um, mm. But yeah, they, there's definitely, you know, if from our program leaders in the past, if I was to reach out, you know, by text, you know, if I texted three guys, I'd probably get two phone calls and a text mm. response within half an hour. Right now. Oh, wow. yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, they, they're aware of it. And I know that connection with our guys is there too. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've been we've been pretty fortunate with that, and I think it, it's kind of cool looking back at different landmarks over mm. the past seven years that have helped us build to this point where they're core parts of our culture now that weren't in place in 2018. Mm. Um, that we've just had to kind of keep growing and leaning back on some of that. I don't know if this is the right way to ask, but I always ask it, and you're seven years removed, so I, I get it. I mean, you guys do have a history, a sure. good, solid history of soccer success, right? Yes. Like, what were you, were you, were you hired for a purpose? Like, we, not to not to, not to dismiss you and your capabilities, and I'm sure you're an excellent interview. Hence, us talking right now. Um, but but I always wonder about the process by which an athlete, and it's not just a soccer thing. I will say that so that. You know, athletic directors have a mind of their own, mm -hmm. right? And they're looking to accomplish things because they want to look good. <laughs> and I and I and I have a tendency to believe that if somebody is in the process of hiring a coach, they're looking at it as an opportunity to do something. And and so I'm just curious: was there? Um, maybe you can't express it, but is there a is it, was there like I said a purpose? Was there was there a rationale? Or they said, you know, we're going with you because we really believe that. You're the guy to come in, and maybe it could just be all the cult, the cultural aspects that you wanted to implement or that you had a vision for that was really intriguing to them. It could, I know of cases where it comes down to we want you to put our program back on the map, right? I don't think necessarily the case for you guys, but um, yeah. yeah. You, you know, I think if I could say there's a purpose and why, you know, somebody like me was interesting to Warburg at the time. Um, I'd been involved in some pretty successful programs in this part of the country and mm -hmm. the habits you develop when building that excellence and then maintaining that excellence. Those are things that are hard to develop outside of 
a setting like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think the standard here at Warburg, whether it's been within our men's soccer program or across the entire department, is that we aspire to be nationally competitive mm-hmm. and that there really isn't a ceiling on our success. Yeah. We each have to find our own route to kind of get mm-hmm. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the soccer player pool in Iowa, which is good and it reflects that in the soccer played within our conference, it, you know, it's probably not at as vast as the football player pool. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so we, we have to find our own route to be successful. But um, yeah, this is a school that really embraces the student athlete experience um, that you can be a strong student and an elite athlete. And then that enhances who you ultimately become for the yeah. next 40 to 50 years. Um, you know, and I think being a school of 1500, that's always in the top 25 of the director's cup. That's yeah. kind of the, the standard in our department. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think given that, you know, the last couple of years before I got hired here, we'd been really, really good at McAllister had gone from, yeah. In 2012, we were, I think, 4-13 and 13 to yeah. an undefeated regular season and an NCAA tournament bid in 2015. And 2016 being ranked really high, but, you know, losing a couple times to St. Thomas who went to the Final Four. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. you know, like we had kind of built something where I think that process of building and then beginning to sustain excellence, like that's the expectation here. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think we've made I think we've made really good progress with that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's I uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was anything inherently wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or that it had to be addressed. Yeah, yeah. But I think there were things that could be freshened up, you know, fresh set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's certainly some structures and things that the guys have done for twenty plus years that mm-hmm. alums from twenty years years ago still come back <laughs> to yeah, talk about yeah, their yeah. experiences doing. Um, yeah. But there also are some things that we've continued to do over the past seven years that yeah. helped us to get to a point where we had a year that we were pretty happy with and yeah. you know, can be pretty excited for what the future looks like. Okay, let's shift over to the soccer. I think I've asked a lot of the philosophical <laughs> questions. Already. You're probably like, are we just going to talk about it? <clears throat> All right. Season. The This might. This is a loaded question, loaded question because it was a scrimmage. But I'm curious, your game against Saint Olaf, who, in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. In hindsight, what was your takeaway from your scrimmage there? Because I, I'll tell you why I'm asking is because now I'm thinking Saint Olaf is. Mm-hmm. Right, rightfully yeah. so. National champions, they right there, and so everyone, like it or not, is below them at least from a. And so I'm just curious. You play Saint Olaf. I don't know the score. I never didn't watch it. Whatever. But what were your impressions of that game against who would end up being the eventual national champion? Yeah, and I think that it goes back a couple of years, um, right. Uh, the, actually, these last two or last fall and this fall were the first time they, Saint Olaf hadn't been on our schedule in uh-huh. years. Um, mm-hmm. it, it hadn't worked out. They will be again going forward. Right. Um, but we played them. You know, actually, the worst loss I've ever had in college soccer was fall of twenty one at Saint Olaf. <laughs> uh-huh. So you know, we we knew I'm how good. I'm they looking were. now. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it was one of those where the difference between us probably wasn't that great, but they were very good and okay. opportunistic. Um, yeah. You know, and then we went from 
that to then win it, you know, getting a tie with Gustavus opening yeah. game of 22 and then beating St. Olaf second game of 22. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew that we were competitive. There'd been a bit of history, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and kind of knew that the soccer in our region from seeing what you Chicago had done the year before, yeah. you know, that it was right. That was right there. Um, yeah. And so the, the scrimmage was very competitive, um, you know, and ended up being something where we knew coming out of that, that we might not see a stronger opponent for, you know, we'd see teams as good, um, yeah. but we probably weren't going to see a stronger opponent the entire year. Yeah. Um, and I think it's part of what gives us confidence is not only were we able to compete and perform against everybody, but then to see what they did, um, it really just... opens up the potential for the rest of yeah. us to say, Hey, ending the year with the big trophy, that's yeah. not, you know, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you can uh, tag along. I always say like when you measure yourself against somebody like that and mm-hmm. you realize how in you are, right? Like you are, man, it could just be a game away, right? Like it could be one of those things where mm-hmm. like you could tag along on their, on, on their coattails for all intents and purposes because you're that good. Right, and it's just a matter of charting your course and and competing at the at the right at the right level and in the right time. Um, yeah, very much so. I mean, um, we've talked about it here. I mean, that pod that was Saint Olaf, U Chicago, Claire, and Calvin. <laughs> I mean, any of those teams could have won it. Yeah, Saint Olaf for going and doing that. But I think you'd say the same thing for every pod that was there in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, uh, oh, totally uh, agree. Uh, so I think that's part of it where, Hey, we're playing the right teams. We're doing the right things here day to day. Mm -hmm. And it's just continuing to invest in that. And because the margins at that point get smaller and smaller. Smaller, The, um, that that's very true that you say, I thought by the time the sweet 16 rolled around, you could legitimately, you could have legitimately said everyone has a chance. And it's not at that point, at that level, don't get me wrong. I think it matters. I, I'm, the, I'm the guy who says soccer matters. Like, you have to be a good soccer team. Th- yep. That matters. I might not like the style, but you have to be good. Mm-hmm. But that at once you get there, it's all about the intangibles that help you get further, right? So do you get lucky, right? Like, you might go to a PK shootout and you're – Keeper has a great, great day or, you know, I, I don't know. The little things like that is where I think that starts to matter. But Sweet 16, I was like, I couldn't tell you who's going to bounce out of this. Could be anybody. How close to you are you to Decora? Decora? <laughs> Luther? Uh, about 75 minutes. Uh, okay. I'm a big fan. Chris, <laughs> Coach uh, Garcia Pratt. He's a, I'm a big fan of his. Um, f- my favorite sports logo. Um, talk about the American Rivers uh, Conference. He he, did, he talked about it a while back when he was first on, and mm-hmm. and just the the competitiveness of it. There's some. There's a, a core group of really great, talented. Mm-hmm programs right so that historically they are yep there's somebody so I, I just would like your impression yeah no it's it's a very competitive conference that i think every year you know six teams make the conference playoffs 
you know, it's growing to the point where the seven or eight teams that are truly competitive for those mm-hmm. six spots. And, you know, and I think you, you look at it, like obviously talking about Chris, the year they went yeah. to the, you know, I think the last time they made a pretty deep run in the tournament, they finished fifth in our regular season, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and, and ended up having to go, go on the road and get on a pretty good run. So like our conference has been very competitive. If you look over the last 10 years between deep runs in the tournament, you know, and I think it's each time, you know, we're, we might be at different points and figuring out how competitive we can be on the national level and what we need to do or rework. But yeah, there's, there's a really good history of soccer. I think, you know, one of the things that helps us kind of, as you look at this part of the Midwest, um, there are very few division one programs, you know, somebody said that too. Yeah. Drake, Drake in Iowa, you know, UMKC in Kansas, um, You know, so I think there are some really good players that are recognizing that they can have a great experience at the Division Three level because there are also some really strong institutions that back that up. Yeah. Somebody was telling me that somebody made the same comment about maybe it maybe it 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 was uh, Coach Chris. Maybe it was him. I can't remember. That talked about and I never put two and two together because I'm slow that way. That the 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 lack of of these division three division one programs mm-hmm. that become almost like I don't want to say black holes for talent because they do attract they attract a lot of good guys but they also attract a ton of kids for the idea of it and then once they get there they fall out of love of the game or of trying to compete whatever it is yep. and and he mentioned that and I started to think that that's probably true, right? Like there's probably an impact to that. I mean, how now we're going down another tangent. How how am do you deal with kids who are like I'd like to go division 1, but I don't want to go too far and these candidates who are might be locally just they're not floating their boat. Do you have conversations like that? Whereas out here in the east it's like division 1, division 1, division 1, right? Like yeah, sure. you know, it's like you throw a stone any division yeah. you could hit. So. Yeah, no, we, we definitely do. And there are some guys that are just hanging on anything division one. Yeah. Um, but there are other guys that look at it and just say, well, for the school, for the kind of experience I'm going to have. I mean, mm-hmm. this last year we were playing later into November than any other NCAA school in <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. Um, the, the experience it's... here was really good. Um, you know, and it's just about finding the guys that are the right fit. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you you can you can look at it and see who some of our more impactful guys this first years have been. Um, you know, I think if I think back to my time at GW, the last year is there. We we won the Atlantic Ten earlier season. There are probably a couple guys. I think there are a couple guys on our roster that would have either seen significant time or might have started for that group. Um, mm-hmm. So like the the level of player we have access to is pretty darn high. Yeah. And the way you know, particularly within Iowa and some of the adjacent states the appeal of Warburg and how we do the student athlete experience and that you can really maximize both mm-hmm. uh, has helped us to have access to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. What, and you do have division one experience and I'm, I'm just curious, like, have you, in your experience, did you see, or did you know players that would be, this is a terrible question, and I'm not calling into question your ethics or morals or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Like, you're bringing on a player, and you're like, yeah, he's a good player. He 
won't get a look really to be a starter for three years. Oh, I'm making it up. But you would know in the back of your head, man, if he went to Wartburg, he'd be a starter right out the gate. <laughs> did you yeah. did you see guys like that? I don't mean to say like you're doing something nefarious, right? No, it just no. I think it's just the nature of the beast that way. A hundred percent, and right, we all know each other. The soccer world's it, yeah. really small, so to have yeah. conversations, whether it's been on the Division One side or on yep. the Division Three side of it, you, you know, all we're looking to do is to one to get the guys here that feel that what we're providing is the right fit yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, in some cases, there's going to be the guy that processes it. Well, I just want that opportunity. If I can yeah. make it onto the field at X Division yeah. One by year yeah. four, that's worth it. You know, yeah. for other guys, if the right fit in the field for them is, hey, I can get on the field and play in an NCAA tournament in my yeah. first year. Well, that's the experience I want. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that was me. I was like, I just wanted to play. I didn't care. I just, yeah. That was always me, but. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I didn't mean anything bad by that. No. I just, I, I just, no, you know, either. in the context of that, right? I, yeah. <clears throat> there, there's a lot of overlap between yeah. the talent level at Division One and Division Three or Division yeah. Two. Just it, it, across soccer as a whole, the talent yeah, is yeah. huge. And I, I, I say again, that's why maybe I become like this data guy. Like I want to see things. Like, yo, you think Division One so much better? Oh, show me. But so. <clears throat> I don't, of course, for obvious reasons, I don't think Division Three as a whole gets enough credit in the soccer world, both men's and women's yep. games, for the quality of soccer that gets played. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm convinced Division One soccer, the only thing people think of, really, it, Division One soccer is defined by the top 10 programs in the country. <laughs> and they don't see, they don't, they don't see the other Right. And I don't mean, I mean, that's normal human nature, but they don't see the other stuff, the other programs that, you know, they're not Duke. They're not, right. They're not UNC. They're not, like, they're just, it's a different thing. And I, I again, I think it's, hey, we've exalted one and at the cost maybe of another. And I think it's a lot more even, especially on the soccer side, just pure soccer. I think it's a lot closer. I think it's a lot closer. hundred percent. And yeah. that's, that's our challenge is we get yeah. to know guys and develop yeah. relationships on the recruiting side. And then yeah. while they're here is to help, Hey, what you're doing yeah. is at a pretty high level and it's yeah. not important what's happening elsewhere. It's about what's happening here and how it fits you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So why Wartburg? Why? I, I know you're total. We're having this conversation because you sent me a mailer that said, Hey, we're really interested in you as a player. I, t I really appreciate that. Um, and you want, uh, right? Why, why, why would you be? What, what is it about Wartburg that is going to make me convince you to convince me to take my fifth year with you? <laughs> the, um, it goes I back totally to threw that curveball, yeah. but no, yeah. it's, it's fine. But that's right in the wheelhouse, right? That's a yeah. conversation we have all the time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think the opportunity to be, uh, you know, a strong, dedicated student and an elite athlete is unique here. Mm -hmm. And we're supported not just from the relationships with the academic and support stuff on campus, but also from a facility standpoint. You know, it's not yeah. like you go into the science building and the facilities are massively better than the soccer side. Like yeah. those should take priority. But yeah. then you look at what we have athletically across the board and our, our facilities, there's just not a change. And while it's great to have those facilities, I think it speaks to the greater commitment that, hey, you can be a strong student and something else. And the commitment 
to the experiences that you can have doing both and what that means for you for 40 to 50 years. I think that shows in our grad placement and in the opportunities that our students have and how high a percentage have the opportunities they want after graduation. I, I will say I'm sold. <clears throat> I just got to get fit. Like I got to get this cold over and I got to get fit. Um, I, I will say one of the, at least in relatively, you know, going back to my days at school, Wartburg always had a reputation of investing very much in the academic side. So the facilities, oh, but also doing so on the athletic side, which I think was a little bit ahead of the curve, right? Like, I think it was a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of its investment on the athletic side and that they approached it almost both the same way, right? And they're not the same, but right? Like you, like you said, you know, your science facility is gonna be top notch you're going to be able to be become a scientist or a chemist or whatever you want to do because you're in the some of the best facilities that money can buy but then when you go to soccer you're going to go to a you're going to go onto a great field practice field you're going to have all the resources you need and and I think you you've earned that reputation and like I said and I showed the picture I'll show them again now the the facilities that I see again from a distance I I mean are just stunning like it's just I mean, that just makes me jealous. It makes me so jealous. <laughs> I could have been, yeah. you know. Um, all right. <clears throat> How are you feeling going into – so you're having this cracker of a season, right? Mm -hmm. I will say I, I don't want to touch on the ties because I, I totally get that. I mean, so, and I'm looking at some of the games you're you're playing where you tie, right? You did McAllister, right? I, I could totally see North Park in Chicago. I totally understand it. Platteville, you tie. I totally get that. Wisconsin Whitewater, which I thought another mm -hmm. great example of Wisconsin soccer, I thought, yeah. that I thought they could have gone further, but I don't know enough. I can't get an interview there. Um, <clears throat> um, Luther, right? Uh, I, I get that. But how are you feeling once you, you, you win? you win – the arc, right? Like you beat Loris, which again, another one that was fantastic. How, how was the sense, how was the feeling going into the NCAAs knowing you're going up against Gustavus? Yeah, no, I think obviously Gustavus is a program that had been there, had made runs in the tournament before. Um, I think we were confident from the schedule we had played and everybody we'd seen and even history with Gustavus. I think we we're confident going into that match, that if we performed and took care of details, we could be very successful. Um, mm -hmm. I think we also knew, I think, it, and Gustavus probably felt the same way, <laughs> that uh, the two of us playing each other, that's a pretty tough first round game. Um, yeah. And I think it, you know, I think that carried over. But I think we, we're excited, we're optimistic, we're thrilled to be able to host yeah. um, and have that experience for the guys. Um, you know, it's a bit tough in that a couple of things, you know, one credit to Gustavus, but also some things we kind of could have done differently within that match. Mm -hmm. um, giving up three goals in that game when we only gave up six the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's maybe we felt we left a little bit on the table, um, mm -hmm. but certainly I, I don't think there was any intimidation. Um, I think it was just simply perhaps maybe a little bit of newness of being in the tournament 
for yeah. the first time in a while. Um, yeah. That, but overall, it carries. It's a weight. I don't. I, I think. I don't think anybody wins. It. You have to be a, a repeat NCAA-er for a while to sort of get comfortable. Almost like it's another game. It's another game. You could say it all you want, but in the back of your head, if it's the first time, you're like, "Oh, NCAA is right." Like, like sure. I said, newness. So yeah, I, I think I think we were confident. I think we felt good. But I think you know, reflecting back on it, there probably was an element of that. Um, mm-hmm. But cre- credit to Gustavus on the day, yeah. and you know, it just speaks again to the quality and volume of r- really yeah. good teams <laughs> in this part of the country. That that was the first round. Yeah, match. yeah. Uh, and let me just say, right? Not not. I mean, you were. It was a gauntlet of a weekend, whether you, whether you beat Gustavus or not, yep. because your next opponent would have been the winner of Calvin versus Greenville, and Calvin was the winner. And I'm a big fan of Calvin. I'm, sure. Some things that particular things I'm like, eh, it doesn't float me. But mm-hmm. as a team, I mean, just outstanding. I thought they were another one where it's like these guys, if it, everything falls right and they get those luck, the luck and those intangibles right, they could win it. Like oh, I had no doubt about that, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, what 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 was the game like? Like what you you lose three one, mm-hmm. you're confident. But was there something about the game that just again not to take away from Gustavus, right? And not to For say sure. that you guys are terrible, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> was there something about the game where it was like you just you, it, it didn't materialize for you? You know, throughout much of the year, we started games really really well. Um, mm-hmm. we can see it in the first five minutes, um, Oof. and then manage to kind of grow into the game, get it back, uh, to one, one. And then I think we, I think the PK we conceded was probably in the last five to 10 minutes of the half. I don't remember exact minute mark, Ugh. but, um, I think that, yeah. you know, I think those two moments, you know, the start of the half and the end of the half, um, just left us in a situation where we, we had to chase the game. Yeah. Um, you know, and the third goal was representative of that i think there were chances both ways in the second half but yeah. we'd put ourselves a, a, a bit behind the eight ball in terms of not yeah. managing a couple moments at the start yeah. of the end of the half mm-hmm. um so yeah the balance of the game i thought was pretty darn even the score um you know was it a 3-1 game i, I don't know at that point it doesn't matter yeah manage a couple moments yeah. better and yeah credit to them that they did yeah yeah it's true right because you are chasing from five minutes in you bring the equalizer back, and then you're thinking. I would have, I would start thinking, man. At usually around the thirtieth or thirty fifth minute, I start thinking, you know, I'm okay if I, if having had to catch up in an early goal, we're at one one. I'm okay going into halftime at one one. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm assuming it, it was tight, right? It, I'm looking at your stats. It wasn't. There's was nothing outrageously unbalanced about it. It was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. And then. You can see the penalty, which I didn't see, but yeah. right. And now you're playing where you could have been like, oh, get to halftime. We're okay. Now yeah. you're like, we have to, pl- we have to get another goal back and going into halftime that way. And then the second half, right. You're, 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 whether you real, I always say it's not a thing of tactics, whether you realize it or not, you're stretching yourself if you're trying to get that goal, right. To, the catch up goal, not the winning goal, the catch up goal. Yeah. Cause you're a little bit, I don't want to say careless, but you're, priority is we got to get this goal otherwise we're out mm-hmm. it, it makes you do things intentionally or unintentionally that leave you a little bit more vulnerable than you're sure. accustomed to i don't know if that sure. made sense but yeah um yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, we, we, we didn't trail very often during the year. And, yeah. You know, I was proud of the way the guys responded to be able to get the goal back in the first yeah. half. You know, in, in that moment, that was big. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, I think it's probably the lead up and things that happened in the minutes leading up to that penalty that, you know, if there's something where you'd say, ah, we wish we had that back, it was probably those few minutes. Um, oh, is that me or you? That would be me. Okay. <laughs> I just declined it. See how you're having an awesome time. You're like, hey, party, party with Simple Coach. Um, and um, you said, you, I just looked, you're, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You're, I mean, defensively, you guys were remarkable. It just again, statistically, because I, yep. I watched some games, but defensively, you guys were pretty remarkable and you're right. I mean, you, you don't con- you didn't concede a lot, like at all. Like all your ties were even zero zero, so it was, you know, like it was. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately yeah, yeah, like you can't find that goal. But so yeah, the, yeah three goals is a little bit to me is a little bit of a misnomer. I would be like, oh, that's kind of odd, right? Like what happened there? But um, yeah. all right, so I got to ask you because I'm, I'm cognizant of your time, and we've been rambling, and I really do appreciate it. It's fun. I again, I see how it works. I like sort of get tuned in, and this is the best soccer conversation I've had off of Twitter in six days. So, um, <clears throat> all right. So now you've done all this, you, you have a really successful, I mean, anybody would have traded, most people would have traded spots with you, right? You, you know, 12, two and six or whatever it was, you get to the NCAAs. Yeah. You get knocked out in the first round, but you get knocked out against Gustavus. Hey, not too shabby, right? You mm-hmm. didn't shoot yourself. You good showing. What do you do in the spring? Like, what's your, you know, like, what's that? You're trying to, to me, it's the, sp- the spring is like this launching pad for the fall, right? And sure. so to me, if you have such a successful fall, you got to figure out, hey, I have to reset and take a step forward. And so what's that spring look like for you? Yeah, I, th- I think it's certainly the last month and a half have been a lot from a culture standpoint. Mm-hmm. Who are our leaders? How are they leading? <laughs> and what are mm-hmm. our priorities? To refresh so that they're things that we all really buy into and embody. Um, and so that's been ongoing. Um, we haven't used any of our contact dates with the guys yet. Um, we'll, we'll do that. Um, we actually, because of the way our academic calendar is set, um, mm-hmm. our spring break is actually starting. Cl- last day classes before break will be this Friday. Um, mm-hmm. So when they get back in early March, um, we'll start our contact dates soon after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's certainly an ass- assessment period of who's put in work and who's really developed because we've seen some guys take some pretty significant jumps between December, January, February to when we actually see them in March. So I think there, there'll be that assessment. Um, I think we have some really talented young attacking guys that are on campus right now that I think Mm. developing confidence and consistency where, you know, we really felt that some of those ties, like they were at, at the very least even and, and more of those than not, we were maybe a little bit on top of it that mm-hmm. we could have differentiated those games if we had been a little bit more effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I think I think those are some priorities. Um, mm-hmm. I also think it's helping guys grow into roles because mm-hmm. we did graduate. Um, you know, we do have a few guys coming back to do fifth years next year um, to, if, from a playing standpoint. So that's going to help us. We don't graduate quite as much. Um, but there are still some roles that guys are going to have to grow into. Um, so a lot of it is, 
individual development, team development, culture development. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a process. You know, maybe there are different tactics things from year to year that mm-hmm. we need to focus on. But um, I think it, you know, that growth process of individual and team development, that's mm-hmm. that's our focus. And it's, it's yeah. kind of fun at this time of year and that, that can be our focus. And we get a couple opportunities to build towards results with yeah. um, our spring competition date as well as our alumni game later in the mm-hmm. spring, you know, but, you know, the, largely it's developmental and it can be about us. Yeah. Know, yeah. Our process. Yeah. And what's your recruiting? I know the whole FAFSA thing has kind yes. of made a total mess of everything. Like what does your recruiting class look like? And <laughs> are you done? I mean, it's, I, are you done? Or are you not done because of circumstances yeah. or? I think, I think right now I think I can say we're not done and it's largely because of circumstances. Um, I'd say we're probably about three quarters done. And I Mm. think if this had been a normal year with what had been the FAFSA process, Mm -hmm. I think we'd be done or like 90 to 95% done. Um, So no, we're, we're excited about it. There probably are a couple of key spots we still need to fill, but we've got guys who we know are really interested and it's just being able to get, into the nuts and bolts yeah. <laughs> what the finances look like. Um, yeah. I know that feeling. Um, yeah. <clears throat> can I ask you this? I just thought of this. Like, I mean, are these all I, Iowa farm boys like that? You're, <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm terrible. I'm a New Jersey guy. So I, everyone, I characterize everybody by, you know, if you're out from Midwest, you're a farm boy. Um, <clears throat> It's going to get a lot of hate, but is it, is it mostly, I mean, is Wartburg by the nature, I think your football program attracts a lot of players from a lot, like a very big footprint. I'm just wondering, is the same thing true for the soccer program? Is there something about Wartburg that makes it a regional school that kids will come from a far, far from Wisconsin? From Yeah, I think so. And I think we, I think probably even more so. That, like I think football's become more regional as they've had yeah. you know, kind of elite national level success. Yeah. Um, whereas I think the core of the roster still probably comes from within two hours of campus. Um, uh, okay. You know, for us, a lot of our guys are coming from the bigger cities within the Midwest, within mm-hmm. a four to five hour drive. Um, our roster is probably about forty to forty five percent out of Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. You know, whether we're talking Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, Des Moines. Um, you know, like that's kind of it, it, the area. It's typically from the guys who are playing with the bigger clubs in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I mean, I think in our class right now, I think we have five states represented in our class. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get some guys from farther out west. I mean, we've got three guys from Colorado, you know, on our roster looking ahead to next year. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's primarily, I'd say we're probably 85, 90% Iowa and the adjacent states, and then 10 to yeah. 15% outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it, it certainly again that's each of us figuring our model. Um, yeah. you know, within two and a half hours of campus, football can probably fill sixty to seventy percent of the roster with guys that can help them get closer to a national championship. Okay. For us, we have to just look a little bit farther. Look further, yeah. yeah. That's um, it's interesting because I I look at the I'm always curious about that because I think there's a lot of programs that uh, manage to bring in a lot their footprints a lot bigger um than traditionally and i think it's also it's not only because they're in search of but it's because i think kids are 
they're a lot more willing to go. Like I think back in the day, it was a little bit harder for kids to pack up and go further away. And I think kids nowadays are being like, you know, it's not a big deal for me from New Jersey to go to (laughs) Iowa, right? Like if that's where I choose to go, that's where I'm going to go. I think it's a little bit psychologically, a little bit easier for them or, or it was. So that's my, again, pet theory. All right, coach, last question for you. And then I'll let you get on with your day. So too early to talk about goals for 2024 season <laughs> or do I have to have you back on board two weeks before preseason? <laughs> um, it, we, we can do that too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think if you look at it, right, we're able to get to the point of be, you know, second in the regular season, of conference winning the conference tournament. So having a, a trophy here, um, well, that's not just automatically going to happen. We have to, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to get back to that point, mm-hmm. but we also know what the, what it looks like and what it feels like to be in an NCAA tournament. And mm-hmm. I think it's just like we talked about coming out of the exhibition against mm-hmm. the start of the year. I think there's more certainty of what needs to happen now and what it needs to look like in the fall for us to be able to make a, a deeper run in the tournament. And mm-hmm. that's, that's always been our aspiration. And that's, you know, and there've been years we've been nationally ranked previously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been the route we've been on. And so I think it's just continuing with that. I think we, it, we know with a greater degree of certainty that if we do the right things day to day, um, the possibility to be there <laughs> and to have a trophy yeah. out of conference yeah. and to be able to make a push, <laughs> farther in the yeah. tournament's real. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I, maybe that addresses goals, but, um, yeah, it's more kind of process based as we talk about it, but there's a greater degree of knowledge and experience now in forming. They, for they, they always say, because I geeked out for a while on climbing Mount Everest, not me <laughs> actually climbing. That's mm-hmm. absurd. Um, but just the whole concept of climbing and what does that mean? And they always say, like, the last 250 feet of climbing Mount Everest is harder than the first 10 miles of getting there, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a, that's the hardest. And yeah. to get to where, right, you're competing for, that's the, that's the hard part. This is where the nitty-gritty, this is where the details matter. I would say the details matter. <laughs> details that's matter. It. So, and so make sure you bring O2 for you in that final ascent. Um, anyhow, coach, <clears throat> thank you very much. Again, this is fantastic. Really enjoyed the conversation. Um, happy to have you on again in the in <laughs> two weeks before when you've charted out everything and you know, and, yep. um, and, yep. uh, yeah, just to talk about how things are shaping up. I'll definitely mm-hmm. keep a, keep a continued eye out for you guys. Um, and uh, I'll just add you guys to the list of teams I watch. I'm going to have to <laughs> yeah. now. It's the, it's a long list now. Like, I don't know if I have enough day, uh, you know, hours in a day to watch all the games I've committed to watching. <laughs> so. we'll, we'll, we'll help you out. I, I know, you know, Rob at MSOE, we, we see them early opening weekend. Yeah. Oh, so. I might. Where, where, where are you home? Or, no, we'll, or we'll be, we'll be there. We'll be in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, so uh, I would love to, if I could figure out a way, I would love to, that's great. I'm a big fan of, uh, Rob's. He's a great guy. Great, great, great human being. Great. Uh, love his conversations I've had with him. Um, just fantastic. So yeah, he he and I have to be careful when we see each other at recruiting events, we we sit and talk. I think we become worse recruiters um, (laughs) because of the conversation. So, um, yeah. 
but no, it, it, it's definitely, you know, we're, we're fortunate as part of coming to a place like Warburg where there had been the history and tradition, yeah. whether it was my own connections or the connections that were here with the program, yeah. you know, yeah. to be connected with the right programs, yeah. the right people that help us yeah. the experience we want for athletes. Yeah, yeah. Makes life so much easier, right? So much better. For sure. Yeah. So sure. you don't want to be miserable doing this. That's what I see. <laughs> no. And it's always good no. to surround yourself with the right people. Otherwise, yep. it's not worth it. So, All right, Coach. Hey, again, thank you very much. Do appreciate it. And uh, we'll be talking soon. Sounds great. Thank you.